hope. Hello, good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to the Cricket Show with Prasan and myself. Um, hello Prasan, how are you my friend? I'm all good Bharat, uh, thank you so much for having me again. Uh, well, I have to have you because your name is on the, I keep saying every week, I, it's me coming into your show, <laughs> your name is on the door, so... Yeah, just too kind, all like always. But uh, I mean, the Bangalore weather hasn't been kind for the last few days. Um, it's been pretty hot here, actually. Um, I mean, uh, you know, you have four seasons in uh, every day of uh, Bangalore. So you can never predict what's going to happen the next second. But for now, it's pretty hot. Well, normally I'm very jealous of uh, the weather whenever I speak to somebody from back home. But today I'm not. It's a beautiful September morning here, almost mid uh, uh, temperatures in the 20s so I can't complain so um, <laughs> a little bit cooler than when, where you are but how's your week been? It's been good actually I mean after the fifth test got cancelled um, there hasn't been anything happening uh, just all announcements of players coming in I must be very honest with you uh, the buzz of the IPL didn't hit me until late today morning um, I, I actually didn't have too much of a buzz around the tournament uh, even leading up to yesterday night but today morning I just woke up and got to work and suddenly just hit me that the IPLs tomorrow. So, really excited for that. But uh, apart from that, it's been a rather uh, easy-going week in some sense. Yeah, well, it, the buzz has uh, started with a couple of big announcements during the week as well, which we'll get into. We'll get into uh, previewing the IPL as well with a big, big game starting off um, tomorrow. Uh, but um, it's also good to welcome back a friend of the show and... Um, a colleague of yours, uh, Shashwat. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fine. How it, have you been? I'm very, very well. But I see you've already got your colours on. <laughs> yes, ab absolutely no inhibitions with that support. Well, no, everybody knows you're a big uh, Chennai fan, so I don't blame you wearing your colours proudly. Um, it's been a while since we've spoken. How are you and how's uh, the beautiful city of Nagpur? So, thankfully and touch wood, Nagpur has not been very affected by COVID cases in the past few weeks. So, we've been having cases in double digits only and that too below 50. So, on that front, things are easing up a little. The vaccination drive is also going very strong. So. Hopefully, things will stay the same for the foreseeable future so that we can emerge from this COVID era and actually move to a post-COVID era if there is anything such as that. Well, it's already here in England and has been for a few weeks. I mean, I was out last night with, uh, with some work colleagues and it was pretty much like normal. Has been for a while now. Um, COVID is not even in the top uh, three, four headlines now. I think we, the government here has decided we're going to live with it. And uh, we're going to get, well, it is back to normal pretty much. Um, so, yeah, it's strange time still. But, um, yeah, it was good to be out and about last night again with friends that I've not seen for a couple of years. We've just been virtually meeting. So it was a good night out. Um, obviously, you know, we've been, it's been a while since you, we've had you on the show, on the cricket show. And I know you've been watching pretty much every single day and every single second and minute of uh, what's happening this summer. Um, it'd be good to see, hear your thoughts on the England series and um, India's performance. And uh, So, if I'm only wanting to talk about the English performance, I feel it was quite a bit below par. 
but then again i think this is something that everybody has come to expect of this english batting lineup these days it is more about what root can do on any given particular day and if root is not performing then especially with ben stokes also not in the mix they don't really have a lot of meat in the batting order to actually sustain against sustain themselves against a bowling attack like india which simply put is probably the best bowling attack across conditions in the world so apart from that uh, i was quite pleased with a couple of performances that india put in uh, wasn't very happy with what we did at headingly but apart from that the two victories in london were pretty good uh, and but then again that brought me to another realization that it is actually our bowling lineup which is winning us matches abroad and that is the one big change that has happened in recent times and that has in my opinion directly contributed to us winning so many games in south africa england new zealand and australia for me this series only reiterated that fact and uh, i can't actually wait for new zealand to come over to india to actually see what kind of pitches we prepare how they handle those pitches how they handle those conditions and if at all our batting lineup gets going if we have at least half decent pitches it would be a good contest to see how new zealand can cope up in alien conditions well before that um we were talking prasan and i were looking forward to the south africa series as well um one barrier that we've not uh, crossed yet so that'll be good in terms of uh, uh home pitches uh, prasan i think we should play all our games in amdawad so the players can have some free time <laughs> the game can end in 2 3 days and then they've got plenty of recuperation time Yeah, I mean, looking at that South African team that's currently uh, playing cricket for for them, I I don't think it'll even last two days, honestly. Um, if again we get uh, Bapu to uh, you know fire in those balls and some keep straight and some turn and things like that, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite an easy task for India to bowl South Africa out twice. But yeah, I mean, I I think South Africa cricket is certainly in some turmoil, and um, it's gonna be hard for them to come here and put up a strong performance, considering how well we did against England at home. So. um i'm really expecting a quite a quite an easy series for us and obviously with ravi shastri saying all that he said in recent times um i think the whole approach of the team towards uh, test cricket i think is going to be very interesting to see under uh, the kohli's new found love for no t20 cricket and only odi and uh, test cricket so i i think it's going to be a different approach entirely from the indian team especially now that uh, kohli will completely let go of t20 cricket and focus only on odi and test so excited for it but um, i think before that we have a lot more cricket coming up yeah absolutely uh, but shashwat i also want to uh, take your views on the cancellation of the fifth test um, it took up a <laughs> big chunk of our show uh, when it happened and uh, prasan and i shared our views on what we thought they're quite divergent actually at that time uh, but you've had a bit of time since then to get sort of inside stories and what have you from different um, stakeholders what what was your thought when you heard the news and afterwards and now uh so when i heard the news i actually penned down an article quite quickly after that and as prasen would testify there were quite a few choice words that i received in the comments as well <laughs> but uh, apart from apart from that uh, i i feel obviously the fear that the players had was something that was completely warranted because when the virus has actually even though they weren't in the bubbles per se but when there is something happening in the team environment that is something that will obviously occupy the minds of the players 
the thing that I don't like is how the entire episode was handled because now now that all all details are emerging, it was also pretty clear that the players returning from the UK, the India-bound IPL players especially, they had to have had a six-day hard quarantine in the UAE. So you can't tell me that they would have played the test match till the 14th or the 13th of September and then done their six-day quarantine and missed the first couple of games, which incidentally includes Rohit Sharma, Ravindra Jadeja, Virat Kohli, Shardul Thakur, and who else? Mohamed Siraj, these people, Jaspreet Bumrah, Surya Kumar Yadav. So that was something that struck out for me and something that uh, I felt could have been handled better. Plus, there was another angle to it because the BCCI had initially suggested for the fifth test to be done away with altogether or to be pushed ahead by a week. So, when you add everything up, it does not uh, present as rosy a picture or as clear a picture as the virus permeating the bubble and then the decision being made. But from the player's perspective, I think uh, it would, there was simply nothing else that they could do. Another very interesting thing that happened was the ECB first put out that the game was forfeited and then within the next 5 to 10 minutes, they suddenly amended that statement. I I know what might have happened, but I'd rather not say it on camera. But I, either way, that was also something that stuck out for me a little because uh, for an Indian contingent which had nearly 21 to 22 players traveling, for them to not have the resources to field 11 players somehow didn't sit well with me. Plus, just a month ago, in Sri Lanka, we were literally one injury away from fielding Rahul Ravid. So, uh, the entire, when, when looking at it in isolation, it might seem that uh, the right step was taken. And from the player's perspective, I definitely feel the right step was taken. But there is some, some part inside me that suggests, had the IPL not been there, probably we could have delayed the test a couple of days ask the Indian team to wait for two or three more days, get more clarity on who can be identified as close contacts, who to isolate, and then the test could have gone forward. But because I think we had this chat when the IPL was rescheduled in the first place as well. Everything was cutting it so tight. And if I were a player, I would quietly be happy that I've actually gotten this nine-day break. Because for players like Jadeja, Rohit Sharma, Bumrah, Virat Kohli to play what could have been a defining fifth day at Manchester on the 14th of September, then take a flight the next day and come back for the IPL. And then once the IPL starts, everything is non-stop because there can or ideally there shouldn't be a compromise on the T20 World Cup as well. So mm. from that point of view, I think it is good for the players that they've gotten this rest. Yeah, and um, Prasan, you were quite sympathetic to um, the Indian players and the cancellation because um, I shared with you uh, the thoughts of... Uh, the English fans and the English media here because um, they found it surprising that the match was cancelled on the Friday and the players were jetting out in private jets on Saturday so there was some planning going on so they thought there was a bit of uh, skullduggery going on in terms of it was uh, premeditated. Uh, Shashwat, we also, I know what you're alluding to, but we were laughing at the fact that the BCCI, an Indian sports federation, has got so much power over the old uh, colonial <laughs> the power. I mentioned this in my article as well, so <laughs> I'd rather not say it again because I've received quite a lot of remarks on it already. Prasan, have you, have you changed your views at all in terms of um, the cancellation? I know you're quite sympathetic uh, towards the players and the decision itself. 
No, absolutely not. I think um, it, it's very easy, especially in, in Indian cricket, you know, to point fingers because we're a country of over a billion, I mean, so many billion people. Um, literally everyone follows cricket. And even if, even if you don't follow cricket, you're made to follow cricket in some sense or the other. Um, so I, I definitely haven't changed my views. And in fact, there was a there was a wonderful article on The Guardian in which Ravi Shastri uh, even alluded to a very, very interesting phrase saying, people always have a gun to your head. And I think that's the case with Indian cricket as well. You know, if, wherever they put a foot out, you know, people are going to question it. They're going to make um, a big deal out of it. So I, I'm, I'm still with my uh, old stance. I, I don't think uh, the test should have gone on anyway. Because again, like I mentioned, if there was a positive case that was found out in the second or third day, there was not much they could do about it because then they'd have to cancel the test. Um, would you have can would you have continued it from that stage? Would you have replayed the whole thing again? You know, you 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 can never take a decision immediately. So, in that sense, I think considering the longevity of the match and the whole fact that players had to be emotionally invested, physically invested, mentally invested in the game for all five days, I think it was a perfect decision taken. Yeah, um, fair, yeah, fair point. And you made that, and um, it makes sense as well what you say about if a player tested positive during one of uh, one of the days there. Uh, what impact that would have had. Um, but it's really good to have you back, Shashwat, because um, here in uh, England, uh, uh, a couple of my also friends... Also, now, now that we are on this topic, I would like to allude to another comment I guess the ECB chairman made where he said that the fifth test was cancelled more considering the mental well-being and the wellness of the players and not a COVID scare. So, if he has actually put that up as the reason and if he, if that is going to be the reason that is going to be presented to the ICC, I don't think we have heard the last of it because the World Test Championship regulations has a provision for people, for the teams that are infected with COVID inside their bubbles. And in such a scenario, teams don't need to necessarily forfeit the game. But now that the ECB chairman has come out and said that COVID was perhaps not the reason and the general fatigue that the players had inside the bubble, especially with cases popping up, was perhaps the reason. I don't think we are going this is the last that we are going to hear of this conflict and uh, i don't really think the ecb will want to go toe to toe with the bcci but they'll at least want some financial uh, pay financial payback for whatever has happened because if you are considering a board of ecb stature which doesn't have as much money as the bcci a cancellation of the test that too on the day when the test was scheduled to start is something that they will take quite a lot of time to recover from well, you've got a good chance of leading the BCCR, so good luck to the ECB in getting a good financial deal. Um, but, um, Sheshwat, I'm really glad that you're back because, like I said, a few of my friends have said that um, there were rumours that you uh, sort of uh, advised the Indian cricket team of what to do after winning, uh, being 2-1 up, let's cancel the series because let's not forget you're 2-1 up in the quiz and we've not seen you since that. <laughs> Uh, to give uh, Prasanna a chance to come back. So, can you just tell us that that's not true? Uh, I wish I'd, I, I'd have told the players to cancel the test by saying, or either I would have said to postpone the IPL, but nevertheless, I think uh, there's nothing, no, there's no truth in those rumours. And uh, Good. I'm willing to schedule a one-off test or two extra T20Is <laughs> if you want. So. <laughs> no, we will look into that and uh, we will look into some financial uh, remuneration as well for the delay as well. Uh, but th th there's another question I have for you. And um, what did you think of the all-rounders in the Indian team over the summer? Uh, to be very honest, I... 
I know what you're referring to and uh, I know this question is leading towards Ardul Thakur. So I didn't name I him. Think... I'm just asking you what you thought of the all-rounders. So he who should not be named. So I feel we, I think we had three all-rounders on that tour now that everyone has uh, considered Ardul Thakur an all-rounder and the way he played at the Oval, something that probably I can't debate at this point in time. Still, I don't feel he is a sustainable long-term option because I don't think he offers a lot with the ball. And for him to be considered a batting all-rounder, I think he still has a lot to achieve. But in isolation, that performance was quite good. That actually the first innings counter-attack was actually what allowed us to get away from a score that looked like a collapse, even though it was a collapse when we were 122 for 7, I guess, when Rishabh Pant got out. Had we been short out for somewhere around 140 or 150, the English batters would have approached this, their innings completely differently. And had Root batted through on day one, then the whole game could have assumed a totally different complexion. So, from that point of view, I think he was perhaps who made the difference, especially in the first innings. Speaking of Jadeja, I still feel he wasn't used quite as well as he could have been used apart from the fourth innings of the fourth test. Because when the pitch started assisting Jadeja, the English batters they could neither could uh, score runs of him nor were they able to keep things safe from, from when he was bowling into the rough. So I feel Jadeja did pretty well, did the things that he was asked of. He also batted at number five, which uh, is a debate I would not want to get into because I have written so many things about Ajinkya Rahane and why he was in the team and why he shouldn't ideally be in the team. But moving ahead, I really feel that we should invest in Jadeja as a number 5 batsman because he has the talent. Still remember, he is the only Indian cricketer to have ever scored three triple centuries in first-class cricket. We've had so many greats, so many people playing the game, but none of them has done it. Jadeja has. I really hope that we continue with that idea now that we have started to explore it. Because if Jadeja can bat as a number 5 batter, and he can actually contribute runs regularly across conditions that saves everyone a lot of headaches. It gives uh, Virat Kohli the one batter that can bowl option. Meaning that the third all-rounder on in the India squad who didn't get a game, the best off-spinner in the world who was apparently not good enough for India, will also play a lot more. So, I feel the promotion to number 5 is something that we should continue with and something that will make our bowling attack more incisive because at this point in time, I can't see Ajinkya Rahane actually coming back and nailing down that number 5 spot. And if you are not playing Rahane at 5, then there's no point playing him at, at, at 6 because you'd rather have some counter-attacking option present at 6 who can actually take the game away along with Rishabh Pan. And um, you lead us quite um well on to uh, your thoughts in terms of the t20 world cup squad and obviously you think that um Shardul didn't deserve i thought he did deserve to get into that squad so we won't get into that debate but <laughs> overall thoughts on the uh, world cup squad uh personally i would have preferred uh, someone like a deepak chahar in place of akshar patel i feel there are too many spinners in our squad as things stand Plus the fact that Jadeja will more often than not play because he is probably one of the best death overs batters that we have right now means that we will always have one spinner in the mix. So I felt there could have been uh, 
a thought where an extra pacer would have gotten into the side because if we fail to pick up early wickets as has been the case with some of our white ball games recently this trend has actually been very worrying in the ODI format where we really really struggled to pick wickets in the first 10 overs i think someone like cheher could have been a good option because with bhuvneshwar kumar you never know he's had such a bad history of injury recently you don't really want to get into a stage where he breaks down in the middle of the tournament and then you have to look at bowling bumrah maybe in the power play because you don't really want to bowl bumrah in the power play especially in the in t20 games you would want him to break partnerships in the middle if they are developing and of course bowl two overs at death so from that perspective i feel chahar would have given an extra option because akshar patel let's face it is a like for like jadeja replacement but is a much lesser batter so i didn't quite understand the rationale behind that but we can still make changes if deepak chahar continues taking wickets in the power play in the remainder of the ipl i don't think he will be someone that can be ignored plus the fact that kohli will no longer be the captain of the team after the t20 world cup means that a lot of players that seemed seemed to be in kohli's plans might not be in with a shout so i really feel someone like deepak chahar can still make his way into the team especially if he has a very good season and akshar patel does not really set the world alight yeah and um, you just alluded there and is one of the topics i was going to write prasant that was a big um, announcement from virat before the t20 world cup before the ipl the east and you said he at the start as well that he's not going to play t20 cricket a surprise to you not at all actually um, i mean we we did speak to uh, kohli's childhood coach uh, rajkumar and uh, he was saying the same thing that you know kohli is actually looking to sort of get get that pressure off his shoulders of him needing to captain the t20i setup as well uh, we've seen how how well we've done under kohli in the test format obviously um, you know the levels that he's got indian cricket to in the test format i think is phenomenal and uh, he wants to focus on that format and rightly so i think uh we haven't had the exact results we wanted in the t20 format and even the odi format to some extent um but obviously uh, the odi format is a lot more of uh, uh, two kohli's liking than the t20 format so i'm not at all surprised by the fact that he wants to give up the captaincy um you know and sort of just concentrate on his batting i think what that also means is when india play these small tours like let's say bangladesh sri lanka zimbabwe he won't be forced to play those games because he won't need to captain in any way um so he'll sit out of those matches get that rest i think he also wants to sort of convert that into some family time um use it to keep away from the cricket switch off to some extent and you can see that he loves this test cricket and the fact that he's so invested into it only makes sense that uh, if he's not enjoying doing something i think he he might as well try and uh, you know keep away from it um when he actually landed in uae there was actually um, a pretty interesting clip uh, that was released by rcb in which it, it just seemed like he was focusing only on the t20 world cup and uh, not really the ipl like i was telling at the beginning of the show i don't think anyone any any of us have the buzz about, around the ipl just because i think uh, we all feel like it's uh, it's just the second half that's happening and there's not much to it but otherwise as well i i think um, kohli certainly just wants to focus on the test format a lot more so him giving up the t20i captaincy is something that hasn't surprised me at all uh do you think he's good enough to still i mean normally you would go with your best player as being the captain so assuming that he's still the best player do you think he walks into our t20 team uh, i mean there is another world cup next year absolutely um i mean uh, for for one actually i'm not a fan of shreyas iyer in t20is 
So Kohli uh, will obviously form a very, very important part of that middle order at number three and then someone else at number four. So he's obviously one of the best batsmen we have across formats and uh, there's no doubt why he shouldn't make that team. So I think him sort of stepping away from captaincy and giving it to probably, I mean, obviously Rohit is the front runner or whoever else they pick, if not for Rohit, I think is a fantastic move because it will allow him to focus a lot more on his batting. Uh, even in the IPL, he obviously hasn't hit his straps in the first half of the season. Um, hopefully, if he has a good second half and carries that on to the T20 World Cup and uh, if we win, I think that will be the perfect finish. Even uh, Ravi Shastri mentioned as well that um, both of them will want to finish off with a big hurrah. So, I think him sort of, uh, you know, leading the side, telling them or basically telling the team that, look, this is my last assignment as captain. I want you to give it your all. Um, you know, I want us to win this T20 World Cup, not just for myself, but for the country as well. We've been starved of a, of a title since 2013. And this is about the time because this is ideally the best squad that we've probably had. So, uh, it has all the bases covered in some sense. And obviously, Akshar Patel and, you know, Deepak Chahar, Shreya Sayar, Shardul Thakur, all of these probably here and there a couple of variations. But otherwise, I think Kohli wants to finish off on a high. And uh, after that, obviously, with all the T20 assignments and the IPL and things like that, He'll only need to focus on his batting. So, I don't think it's a bad move at all. And he'll certainly make the, he'll walk into the 11 whenever we're actually playing a T20 series as well. And what about you, Shash? What's your feelings on Virat stepping down? And also, following that, um, how do you think the dynamics will work? And let's say, for example, Rohit takes over the T20, but he'll be playing under Virat in the test and ODI. Do you think that can work? Well, for for that matter, any other person that, that takes over the T20 captaincy, because that's going to be difficult for that person. Well, that is uh, something that has been a sticky point in Indian cricket for quite a while. We've never really had split captaincy and uh, I think that is one of the primary reasons why we've not really explored it as well. The, only, the closest, the most recent incident of slip, split captaincy was when MS was leading the white ball teams and Anil Kumble was captaining the test side. But then again, Anil Kumble was not playing under MS in white ball cricket. So, that dynamic didn't particularly change. It was just about Dhoni having more responsibility when he played white ball cricket. That is something that uh, both of them need to work out. The Indian team management needs to work out. As far as the decision is concerned, I would be lying if I say I wasn't happy. Because okay. I, have, I have long been an advocate that uh, Rohit should have been our captain leading into this T20 World Cup as well. And I feel Kohli's best abilities or best attributes are better utilized as a bat batter in both ODIs and T20s. And especially with the kind of success that Rohit Sharma has had in white ball cricket and the tendency to keep winning those big games, something, an accusation that has often been labelled at Kohli was something that tilted the scale in Rohit's favour a long time ago, at least for me. The worrying part about this entire saga is that there have been a lot of contrasting reports recently suggesting where the seeds of this decision were actually sowed. Was it back in March or was it something that was, was it a decision that was taken almost instantly after landing in the UAE. That is something that we'll never know because we have so many contrasting reports of the same thing. But if there is a rift or if there is some sort of uh, division in the dressing room, I think this decision to actually announce the stepping down just before the T20 World Cup could have a counterproductive effect as well. Because if you have people who have lost faith in Kohli's captaincy, then you wouldn't really find those players actually wanting to put their lives on the field 
to ensure that Kohli goes out on a high. So that is the double-edged sword of this decision. In, or on the flip side, it could probably motivate the players a little more to say thank you to Kohli as a gesture for leading them over the past four or five years and them wanting to put in as many efforts. But then again, until and unless you know what is exactly going on in that dressing room, it is very difficult to gauge. But from what I've been hearing, uh, this was a decision that was long in the pipeline. And uh, probably by announcing it himself, Kohli has relieved himself of a lot of pressure. He doesn't really need to go into the T20 World Cup thinking that if he wins only then he will continue as white ball captain. He knows that this is his last tournament as captain. So from that perspective for Kohli, I think it will help his batting because if we are to win the T20 World Cup, it is imperative that Kohli is one of our shining lights as a batter at least. Well, after the T20 World Cup, we're going to have some changes. And Prasan, um, I don't know if you've put any thoughts, but quick, um, your selection for T20 captain and the new coach? Well, I, th- I think it's a no-brainer that Rohit Sharma should certainly captain the side. Um, you know, the, the only downside to that no, is probably can I just, Rohit. Can I just pick you up on that? And we all agree that it's a no-brainer, but we know how the BCCI works and they'll probably... There's yeah. a few names there. Uh, KL's been mentioned, you know, as a potential captain. I know you said what your thoughts were about Treas. It's not a no- it is a no-brainer, but in a way, it's also not a no-brainer, if you see what I mean, about the way the BCCO works. And yeah. uh, Rohit has got, um, well, what can I, well, I won't say it, but, um, you know, if it's not Rohit. Well, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty certain that he's old. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Um, you know, he probably doesn't have too many years under his belt, but... That said, I, I think, you know, over the past few years, obviously, IPL has been a benchmark. It's sort of been a yardstick in some sense for T20 cricket. And that is why I think Rohit fit, fits the bill perfectly. You know, even if you look at the Mumbai Indians, even if you look at the Indian team, I don't think you can have a better team in both, uh, you know, both both uh, viewpoints. You can't have a better Mumbai Indians team, neither can you have a better Indian team. And if Rohit Sharma has had that success with the Mumbai Indians team, I see no reason why he can't have that success with the Indian team as well. That said, uh, you know, we, we've heard contrasting reports that uh, Kohli sort of wanted two captains in the ODI, uh, sorry, vice captains in the ODI setup um, because he probably wants to groom one and have one as backup. And I, I think that's all, that's all, you know, unnecessary in some sense. Uh, probably they can groom KL Rahul to be the next T20A captain simply because Kohli also loves the way he plays his cricket. And I think they've obviously picked him to be the uh, lead opener even ahead of Shikhar Dhawan. Um, so, if they're looking to groom someone, I think KL Rahul is perfect for that job. But in terms of the T20 World Cup that's coming up next year, I think it'll be a little suicidal if we have KL Rahul uh, given just little less than a year to actually prepare for a whole World Cup to pick a team that he feels can get it, get onto the field. Rohit Sharma, on the other hand, has been around for such a long time um, that you know he knows the players really well. He knows their strengths. Uh, he's worked really well as a captain in the IPL as well. Um, so, there's absolutely no reason and that's why I said it's a no-brainer right now. Mm. Um, but I certainly agree with you that he probably doesn't have as many years as he'd probably like to continue as captain. And for that reason, I think once the T20 World Cup is done next year, they might look to someone like, let's say, KL Rahul two years down the line uh, to, uh, to you know pick him as captain. So, uh, for now, I think Rohit Sharma should certainly uh, be the you know T20I captain. Let's and later on, we can probably move on to KL Rahul. I think they're even looking at someone like Shreya Sayer for that role as well. And Shashwat, next coach? Mm, if I were to give my personal opinion and if Rohit is indeed going to be 
assented to becoming white ball captain as the reports have suggested i did not mind mahila jayawardhan at the top wow that's because, a left field uh, shout yes because uh, first of all he has a great working relationship with rohit plus he has worked a lot with players that are going to form the core of our odi and uh, t20 sides if you look at our current t20 side it has i'm talking about the 11 that might take the field in our first game against pakistan you have surya kumar yadav as a near certainty you have rohit as a near certainty jaspreet bumrah obviously is a certainty and in all likelihood you'll have rahul chahar starting so of you have one fast bowler you have one spinner and you have two batters in there and apart from rohit sharma all of them have quite a lot of cricket left in them surya kumar yadav is what 30 So, are you suggesting that. a separate coach for the white ball and separate coach for test? No, I'm just saying because when we are talking about Mahila Jayawardhan as coach, obviously we'll have to figure out if he's having enough of an impact in two formats. Because then again, we we can't have someone. Uh, so I I have also read reports that we are wanting to go back to Anil Kumble. I don't think that is going to end very well again. Because I don't I don't personally feel that there, there is a lot that has changed since. Kohli and Kumble had that fallout a few years ago. Ravi Shastri has clearly indicated that he no longer wants to be in the job. And apart from that, especially with Rahul Dravid also wanting to continue at NCA, I'd rather want someone like Jayawardene because for, after all, he is a subcontinental player, so he is a lot more attuned to our culture rather than just bringing another Australian or a South African who will take time to acclimatize to the culture. understand how the dynamics work plus he has been in the IPL fold for quite a while so i'd be very happy if one of these IPL coaches are picked up because they are in the know how and they have obviously developed the habit of grooming youngsters as well because when you are talking about international cricket even though these cricketers play a lot of IPL and then get into these indian teams they still need to be groomed and still need to be improved so that they can be consistent performers on the international stage and of all possible options that i feel we can look up to i think uh, i would i wouldn't really mind mahila jayawardene coming in at the top well i don't even considered a um, foreigner to be the coach of the indian cricket team in any format but yeah you make a strong argument um before we move on to uh, previewing the ipl just a couple of quick questions and one of them is um from Uh, a viewer, Shubnam, uh, he says, I uh, feel sorry for Pakistan cricket. Hope they get international teams uh, for the growth of cricket in Pakistan. Your views on New Zealand cancelling that tour, uh, Prasan? Yeah, I mean, it, it was certainly unfortunate, but I, I think what's more unfortunate of the whole incident is, uh, I, actually, Shashat and I were having a conversation the other day, is, you know, it, it was probably a way for Pakistan to show that they can certainly, you know, grow cricket and play cricket in their country. um but like i said what's been more unfortunate about the whole incident is they've just played it down to the fact that you know pakistan couldn't tolerate it or they couldn't handle the whole issue that happened um and that just means that all the other countries who are probably looking to tour pakistan to create that bit of history um to sort of you know uh, give rise to cricket in pakistan again have been uh, severely affected um and unfortunately you know with with all that's happened to the psl as well uh cricket hasn't really had a bit of a uh, it's it sort of gone very um it's gone very pale in um, in really simple terms so unfortunately that's what's happened and i don't see cricket happening in pakistan for a long time now with well, what's happened right 
and yeah. uh, i i think that's that's unfortunately going to be the case in the years uh, months and years to come yeah and the ecb i think are going to take a decision on whether they'll go in next couple of days as well so um continued tough times for our neighbors uh Sheshwat, just another question and it's something that the australian board mentioned on whether afghanistan should be allowed to take part in the t20 world cup because of um what's happening in that country especially around the women's team your thoughts should they be allowed uh, firstly i'd want to go back to the pakistan question and yeah, yeah, go, uh, go now, ahead. That, now that so much is happening with pakistan cricket i wouldn't really be surprised if they do something special at the t20 world cup first and foremost apart from because the first game what, because that is what pakistan cricket is just when you think that they are down in the dumps they'll come up with something you remember the 2017 champions trophy no one gave them a shout <laughs> they ended up beating everyone and of course india in the final but apart you from had that, to mention really it <laughs> but apart from that real really sad uh, that uh, pakistan has had to go through it again because this new zealand tour was actually looked upon as the tour that will also convince other countries to tour pakistan mm. because new zealand had a very near escape back in 2002 if i'm not wrong when their tour tour was cancelled midway because there was a bomb scare at the hotel that they were staying in so had new zealand completed this tour then it would have told australia england these teams that yes you can tour pakistan and you can play proper cricket over there as well but now i think it is all back to square one because teams will again be circumspect of traveling to pakistan and pakistan might have to resort to playing their home games in the uae speaking of afghanistan i i feel that uh, the uh, decision to not allow their women's team to play is not the right one because uh, obviously there are other political factors in play and other forces in play right now that don't really adhere to any kind of democracy or mm-hmm. aren't really considerate of what the people want or something or something along those lines so it is really unfortunate but then again when the australian cricket board is saying something that teams should not play against them at the t20 world cup i don't really know how far teams will be willing to take it because again it all boils down to how the bcci reacts to the entire incident if the bcci yeah. comes up tomorrow and says that we are not going to play afghanistan in the t20 world cup then the afghanistan then the forces in afghanistan will have to concede and then they will have to allow the women's cricket team to play but then it is it is a pity that it has come to such a situation where other boards are having to threaten afghanistan to allow their women's cricket team to play because it should be their right to play and it is not as if they have to start it from scratch there is a system that is already in place it is just because these people are not giving them the permission that afghanistan women's cricket is in turmoil and for a sport <laughs> enthusiast or just on humanitarian grounds that is something that shouldn't be denied to them and uh, i am really hoping that they can find a solution for this quickly and the afghanistan country can also field its women's teams across the world Hundred percent, and um, you know the men's team were um, a team to be feared in the T20 World Cup, potential semi-finalists. So, um, yeah, it's really sad what's happening there. And um, we've recently, I think it was just this week, the um, women's football team escaped to Pakistan as well. So, tough times there and sad times. And um, yeah, but um, let's move on to slightly uh, happier thoughts and look forward to. 
what will for both of you be pretty much cr non-stop cricket for the next 30, I don't know how many days, uh, but there's about 30 odd games. Um, and uh, we keep saying it, we've said it lots, lots of the time, we live in strange times. And this is uh, very strange times in seeing how each of these teams, each of the players will pick up from where they were because you know the memories for, for for let's start with your team CSK are not very good of UAE from very recent past um how how do you see this restart uh, Shashwat? uh so i don't really think that uh, CSK will be able to reach the heights that they did in india instantly please First record this Please send only this clipping, just this clipping. Well, I, I've just brought up on the screen uh, the current table and CSK sit very comfortably in second place as we start this second part of the IPL. Which is exactly yeah, why I'm saying think... it because I know Shasha doesn't mean it at all. He's just saying it just for the jinxing and reverse jinxing powers that are there. No, no, no. I've actually predicted in my article as well that CSK will finish third. But uh, there, there will be some sort of drop-off. because I have a couple of reasons for it. Firstly, Faf Duplessis and Sam Curran, people who are important parts of uh, the first leg in the IPL, might not play the first couple of games is what I'm hearing. Faf has still not recovered from a groin strain. Plus, Sam Curran, I think, does not get out of quarantine till the 22nd or the 21st. So I don't really know if he'll be thrown into the action straight away. Moin Ali, again, will be a key player. But then... And again, when you have three Indian stalwarts in the middle order who have not played any competitive cricket since the IPL, I think that could be too much of an ask to expect them to suddenly pick up the pace. But then again, if anyone can, it is this CSK team, but I am not too hopeful that they will finish in the top. So they'll still qualify. Of course, they won't have any problems with that because they only need three victories out of the seven games that remain. And even in a bad season, CSK can manage that. So, even if they have a season like the one they did in 2020, they'll still qualify. Plus, their net run rate is not too bad, meaning that even two wins can guarantee them a spot in the top four. So, I don't think qualification will be an issue. But I don't think we'll be as dominant as we were in the first half of the IPL also. And in terms of, um, let's just talk about the top four teams. Um, I mean... Just finishing the point with CSK, you've not had, I think there's only been one team change, uh, player change. So you've not been impacted hugely, unlike uh, some of the teams who had uh, English players and what have you. So that's a positive for CSK, but you're just basing it on the fan change of conditions. Oh, sorry, I couldn't get the second part of the question. You're just basing the fact on the change of conditions for the same players playing in UAE instead of in India will that impact on their performance. So, uh, one of the major uh, reasons for this is when we started off in March, uh, sorry, April, a lot of these players were coming in with some international cricket or some top-level cricket under their belt. So, we had a fit Fab Duplessis. We had Sam Curran who was bowling with the new ball, bowling pretty well. Dwayne Bravo was also not as effective, but he was still bowling because very recently he stopped bowling in the CPL after he had a groin strain as well. So, you have a few cricketers there, the top overseas cricketers who have not played a lot of cricket themselves in the recent past. So, again, the onus might fall on the Indian players such as Ambati Raidu, Suresh Raina, MS Dhoni. But the slightly quicker surfaces on the UAE might mean that they take a little more time to acclimatize. So, that is what I am basing my entire argument on. 
and even though the pitches that were there at Mumbai will most likely be mirrored by what they will find at say Dubai or Sharjah, I still feel CSK will start off a little slower than they did for the simple fact that they have not had a lot of cricket recently. And the overseas players that were coming in with a lot of cricket back then, because if you remember Sam Curran, Mohin Ali, these people were part of the ODI team. They were playing ODI cricket and from ODI cricket then directly came into the IPL. Now all of them were playing test cricket. Sam Curran may not be available for the first couple of games. At least he is not available for the first game. Second game, I don't know. Faf Duplessis has also not played cricket in a couple of weeks. We still don't know how fit he is after that groin strain. Dwayne Bravo is not bowling. Then you have to again look towards the Indian bowlers. Shardul Thakur, Deepak Chahar. Deepak Chahar again not played cricket since Sri Lanka. Shardul Thakur has been playing red ball cricket. So, from that perspective alone, because if you look at, let's say, a team like Mumbai, they have Kyron Pollard who's been playing the CPL. They've had Quinton Dikoff who was busy playing the T20 and ODI not the ODI, the T20 series in Sri Lanka. Then they have Surya Kumar Yadav, whose most recent memory was of white ball cricket only. So you have a few players over there who can actually ha- come in and have an instant impact. Plus, well, for Trent Bolt, these people are coming in off breaks. They will be fresh. So I feel CSK will start a little slowly. Qualification will not be a problem though. No, 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 it won't be. But uh, at least you've got India's number one all-rounder as well playing for you. So that's a uh, positive. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm hoping you're referring to Jadeja by that. <laughs> you can. <laughs> well, if you. Uh, well, you we'll let the viewers decide as to who the number one all rounder is. Prasant, um, I was very surprised with the announcement for my boys who are sitting comfortably at the t- top and a couple of wins away from getting into the next stage of keeping Rusab as skipper, even though Suresh is back. Your thoughts on that and also the Capitals um, moving into the second part of the IPL? I, I, I think it's a pretty surprising move from uh, from the Capitals, uh, more so because uh, Ricky Ponding's been the I mean is the head coach. I don't really think that's the way the Australians operate. You know, they I, th- I think they always believe in sort of giving um, you know the person who goes out a chance to come back in and make the same impact. But they made a statement by saying that you know they trust Rishabh Pant for a for the next few years at least um, in terms of what he brings to the team, in terms of what he brings. Uh, uh, from a captaincy perspective, and I don't think it's a bad move necessarily because obviously he did lead the team in Shreyas's absence, and for Shreyas to come back, you know, he hasn't played any cricket ever since he got injured. So for him to come back um, and sort of see how he can fit into that team, uh, I, th- I think it'll be a big challenge. And but more so, I think his return actually has strengthened the team a lot more. Um, simply because that means they won't have to fit Steve Smith into that side anymore. And uh, I think we all know, uh, you know how. Useless, if I can say, Steve Smith is in the T20I format. Uh, to be very, very honest uh, with what I feel about Steve Smith, the T20 batsman. Um, so I, I think Shreya Sire coming back has actually uh, added a lot more solidity to their batting order. That way, they can fit in both Rabada and Nokia and play Stoinis and uh, probably you know Shimran Hetmeyer or whoever it is that they want to play in that middle order. So overall, I think Shreya Sire's return has really strengthened the side and. There's no reason why they shouldn't really finish in the top two, very honestly, because they've had a terrific season leading up to this um, this phase of the IPL. And under Rishabh Pant, I think they'll play a very interesting phase of cricket as well. So, um, looking forward to the, de- the Delhi Capitals, uh, the way they play, I think they're in a very comfortable position. And uh, they, I think I have a feeling they'll certainly finish in the top two. And do you think Ashwin will get into the team? 
Oh, he certainly will. Uh, I I don't I don't think there's a question about that. But I mean, given given uh, how well leg spinners have done in the IPL, I think it'll be hard to keep out Mishra. But I have a feeling, obviously, Akshar and uh, Ashwin will uh, pick Mishra for that uh, spinner spot. Uh, yeah, I was only joking because um, I think um, leading up to the T20 World Cup, we'll, uh, we'll see how um, uh, he plays for the Capitals. But with Oxar in those conditions, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to DC in the second part of this um, tournament. Um, Shashwat, uh, if, if I may add, uh, if I may add, I think uh, Pant has been starved of his "Come on, Ash, come on, Ashley." We've been starved <laughs> of it too, so I think it's only fair that we get our uh, dose of it before the T20 World Cup. Now, I came to Sheshwat for his views on CSK. I was going to go to him for his views on RCB, but I think that'll be unfair. So, Prasan, your thoughts <laughs> on RCB? Because uh, you've lost a few players um, and you've had to this bring in... This is going to be RCB's year, by the way, just saying. Well, it yes, you we know, did say that. Can you, can you please... Is there a way you can mute him right now? Like <laughs> He's done enough jinxing already. <laughs> You're sitting in third place. But again, a couple of wins away from the next stage. But this is, I mean, like Shashwat said, this is going to be your year where you finally bring, uh, break that jinx oh, under God. the captaincy of Virat. <laughs> Convince all the RCB fans that this is your year still. Yeah, I'll, I'll be very honest. Um, I'm not entirely convinced Virat is 100% into this phase of the IPL. I don't think he's focusing on it as much as he probably has in the past few editions of the IPL, simply because, you know, obviously he puts country first. But that said, he's a player of great quality. And I think really for this particular phase of the IPL, we need Kohli the batsman more than Kohli the captain because our replacements have been absolutely fantastic. I think I'm very thankful for, you know, the fact that Richardson Zampa aren't available. Because in Hasaranga, in Dushmanta, Chamira and Tim David, we have three amazing players who have come into the side and are in good form as well. And obviously, George Garten from what he's done in the 100. So, I, I think the replacements are fantastic. In fact, like just, the, just in the case of the Delhi captains as well, Shreyasair coming back to the side has strengthened them further. I think the replacements that we've signed in Hasaranga, uh, George Garten and Tim David have further um, added solidity to our side as well. So, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Hasaranga can do. Uh, you know, his first IPL season, Mike Hessen even um, said that Hasaranga was always looking to play at RCB. Um, and, you know, obviously, finally, we managed to bring something out of Maxwell that no other team could do for the last six, seven seasons of the IPL. So, overall, I think we're a fairly balanced side. Um, I'm hearing that De Villiers might not keep for this phase of the IPL because uh, they're looking to play someone like KS Bharat or Mohamed Azuruddin in the side. So that could be another interesting dimension to our team. But overall, I think, unfortunately, we're the only team which has a negative net run rate among the top four. And that's always been the case with RCB. Either we win by 100 plus runs or we lose by 10 wickets, we lose by 80, 90 runs. So um, we need to win, uh, that's for sure, you know, because uh, I don't think we can depend on the net run rate like we've done all these seasons. Uh, we need to win. And uh, I, I don't, again, I, I don't see a reason we can't make the top two again because of the side that we have. But that said, given CSK's track record and obviously the Mumbai Indians in fourth, that's that's the biggest surprise for me that Mumbai Indians are in the top three. So, uh, if, if we manage to stay away that competition, um, I'm, I'm sure with the side we have, we can hopefully get into the top two and have the extra shot at getting into the final. And who, who, who's going to open for RCB? It's definitely going to be Virat and Padikal, I think. Um, I don't think they're going to really move away from that template. Um, because Kohli did open in the phase one as well. And but obviously, time, I don't think he's going to open in... At that time, the talk was that that was in preparation for the T20 World Cup, that he was going to open in that. But we know that's not going to be the case now. 
Yeah, but I mean, that said, again, I, I think Virat Kohli is trying to sort of get back his 2016 form where he opened throughout the season. Um, and again, now that uh, he knows that the T20 World Cup is an important assignment, he'll need all the balls he can face um, to sort of prepare for that tournament. And that's, that's you know, the only case is when you open the batting. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he opens, uh, you know, throw in someone like a Bharat or an Azuruddin to go all guns blazing at number three. And then you have AB, you have Maxwell, you have Hasaranga and probably Shabazz Ahmad, someone of that quality in that middle order as well. So I feel Kohli will open the batting with Maxwell and AB to follow. And that's not the worst thing in, uh, in terms of an RCB perspective. Well, I have to say you were right, Shishwat. This is RCB's year. You've just listened to uh, Prasant telling us why. So looking forward to that. Uh, but it, it happens every single time. We have the players on paper, but it never happens on field. So I'm not going to say anything apart from this. But, yeah, I mean, there's always hope. A man can hope. <laughs> um, Shashwat, the one team that I think that might just... Uh, they're fourth at the moment, but they're the golden boys of uh, Indian cricket, the Mumbai Indians. Um, and the, you mentioned some of the players that have had recent white ball experience. I think this might be, uh, once again, their year, even though they're sitting on fourth with eight points. Uh, so, I first want to address what Prasen said, then I'll come to the Mumbai Indians. So, Prasen was talking about how Kohli is not fully focused. So, a fully focused Kohli has not won an IPL title yet. So, maybe a half-focused Kohli can win it. You never know. <laughs> Prasen, uh, I have yeah. to give you a chance to... Only, only, when, only when RCB is being spoken about because he's jinxed it all the time. Every single time. <laughs> But uh, apart from that, yes, I agree that RCB have probably benefited from this break the most because they've actually got in, actually assembled a better team than they had in the first half of the tournament. So if you're talking about Vanindu Hasaranga, is probably one of the three best leg spinners, white ball leg spinners in the world at the moment. And uh, with him bowling alongside Chahel, I think RCB's bowling will be a lot stronger. Plus, talking about uh, Virat and his batting position, I wouldn't still write off Virat opening the batting at the T20 World Cup because just because he's, people have come out and said in the press that Virat is not going to open. Virat usually does the opposite of what is said in the press. So, that could be a tactic all along. Plus, I feel India shouldn't make the mistake of having KL Rahul, Rohit Sharma and uh, Virat Kohli stacked together. We need to break those three by having a Surya Kumar in the middle because all three of these batters take a lot of time to get going. So, you wouldn't want to get into a situation where the run rate suddenly stagnates. So, from that perspective, I'd rather have Virat and Rohit opening. Surya at three and KL Rahul at four because that was a role that he has performed well for RCB in the past and for India as well. Uh, coming to the Mumbai Indians, I feel there is a very fine line between their players having played cricket and having played a lot of cricket. So, when you're talking about people like Boom, obviously Boomra will need a break at some point in time. You can't run or ideally the Indian team and Virat Kohli wouldn't want Mumbai to run Boomra into the ground during the IPL because a lot of our T20 World Cup hopes are pinned on how Boomra performs. So, if you take Boomra out of that bowling attack, then it starts looking a little light, which I feel could be the case in some games. Plus, you never know how tired mentally and physically Rohit Sharma is because he because he applied himself quite a lot in the England series and was completely unrecognizable from the batter who was supposed to have a very loose technique and who was supposed to get dismissed every other over in England. From that perspective, it would be interesting to see how Rohit picks up the pace in the IPL. 
but still i feel that mumbai have a few cricketers that will have played a lot of cricket recently and for that reason alone i don't think they will be an all conquering force as they were in 2020 but yes qualification again shouldn't be a problem because they need four victories out of seven four victories out of seven with the kind of quality they have i don't think should be a problem but top 2 again might be a struggle because i feel delhi and rcb should be able to get into the top 2 Delhi and RCB. Okay, there you go. There's a prediction for you. But I think once uh, Mumbai get into the elimination round, you know you can never write yeah, them I'm, off. I'm not talking about what will happen post the playoffs. I'm just talking the league stages because once the playoffs come around, you yeah, I know. You said uh, CSK are going to pull off uh, a surprise victory. They'll be back to number one team. <laughs> so uh, we'll look forward to that as well. But in terms of the other four, Prasan. any hopes for i mean the royals have lost all the england contingent but in terms of the other four punjab kkr and sunrisers any hope of them turning their performance well sunrisers will need a miracle but of the other three any chance of them sneaking into the elimination round i i think among all the teams uh, punjab do seem like they can uh, sort of spring up a surprise or two here and there because i mean let's face it they have the players but the only problem with that side is you know once they lose their top 4 um they unfortunately don't have too much batting to rely on someone like deepak huda shahrukh khan aren't really you know players with a lot of pedigree um at least in terms of the ipl so they'll need someone to stay there um i i i think what's happening with kl rahul is because of the whole fact that they don't have a lower middle order kl rahul is is needing to sort of stay there and uh, you know play out probably 15 16 overs and then look to go big but that's not necessarily the type of kl rahul we've seen for a long time or probably the early kl rahul that we were seeing so if he at least has a little bit of an aggressive approach to his batting i think that can certainly help them in some sense and they'll need you know chris gale to fire and obviously nicholas puran uh, he couldn't buy a run in the previous uh, installment of the competition uh, this time around he he certainly has to fire for them uh, otherwise i i think it's going to be very difficult for that uh, middle order to sort of come and uh, you know Uh, do the damage later on so i think punjab certainly have a chance and i'm actually for the first time ever in some sense i i mean I, i've never really taken the rajasthan royals seriously until last season they had stokes archer and butler but this time around as well with evan lewis coming in i i really love the man i mean evan lewis is a very dynamic player um the pitchers in dubai and abu dhabi specifically uh, will have you know that pace and bounce uh, that that he loved uh, the ball coming onto the bat so if he can have an impact for the rajasthan royals and sanju samson sort of unlocks his potential fully i think um, they have a decent chance but otherwise i think the sunrisers are absolutely out of contention and the night riders haven't really sorted out their captaincy issue even um, all the talk about dk saying he's going to support morgan morgan saying he's going to support dk i don't think it's going to work out uh, they'll need to figure out their 11 and how their batting uh, batting order is sort of structured around uh, probably shubman gill opening the batting because that's the only position that's been decided by the kkr management and everyone floats around quite a bit so um, kkr and srh i think are uh, are aren't with a chance to make the playoffs um, but if either of punjab or rajasthan sort of spring up a surprise i wouldn't be um, i wouldn't be shocked in some sense well it all kicks off tomorrow um with uh, somewhere i read it's banchers the el clasico in terms of csk mumbai <laughs> indians sheswat is that the biggest game in ipl for you it's the game i hate losing the most <laughs> i'd rather put it that way <laughs> and prasan what's the biggest game for you 
I mean, any time RCB plays CSK, it's always <laughs> the biggest rivalry that's around. Uh, you know, it's CSK criminal to lose that game. <laughs> well, we've got two versions of the uh, El Clasico and CSK are in, involved in both of them. So that tells you something about CSK. No, the El Clasico is because both teams have been successful. That's why RCB is never in the El Clasico bracket. <laughs> Well, um, well, like I said, it starts off tomorrow. A lot of cricket ahead, and it'll be interesting. Uh, Prasan, you know, you said the excitement hasn't really generated itself to you, but today you're feeling a little bit. Shashwat, how oh, much yeah, are you absolutely. looking forward to uh, next month? Uh, I'm actually uh, quite buzzing for it because obviously the IPL means that I'll be able to make a bit of money. So <laughs> that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Apart from that, yes, because this IPL is also going to be a good uh, prelude to what lies ahead in the T20 World Cup. You get an idea of how the players are shaping up. And uh, if I'm allowed to say this, I really think that uh, the Rajasthan Royals is someone that people should watch out for this season. Really. Yes. Even with their losses. One, because of just one individual, uh, Liam Livingston. I've become a huge fan of his over the past couple of months. I always thought that he had the talent when he made uh, intermittent appearances for Rajasthan as well, played for the Perth Scorchers, if I'm not wrong. But over over this particular English summer, I think he has cast himself as probably the most fearsome hitter in that English lineup. And that alone is saying a lot Mm. because they have Jason Roy, Johnny Bairstow, Josh Butler, Ben Stokes potentially... Moin Ali, Sam Curran, and for him to actually be the most fearsome hitter is an achievement in itself. Plus, well, I have a few expectations from Mustafizur Rahman and Tabrez Shamsi. It will be interesting to see how Rajasthan fit them into the mix, but if either of them gets a go, I think they real they can have a real impact in the tournament. Well, KKR, yeah. I've not given any shot. I've put them eighth in my predictions. So. <laughs> Well, we'll see if um, either Rajasthan or Punjab sneak into the top four. And if they do, who's going to miss out out of the big boys? Uh, but it'll also be interesting to see, you mentioned Livingston, um, how he gets on on the UAE pitches and um, those conditions. Uh, so that'll be interesting prelude to the T20 World Cup as well. Sorry, I don't know if yes. you're going to say something, Shashwat. No, no, no. I was just saying uh, a lot of these, uh, that, that's why this IPL, even though it is not uh, in the window that it usually is in, uh, just because of its close proximity to the T20 World Cup, it has added a lot of different dimensions because now you really want to see how KL Rahul is performing as an opener, if he is good enough to actually displace Rohit and Virat at the top of the order. Speaking from an Indian perspective, you also want to see how Ravichandran Ashwin bowls if he can bowl in the power play and if he can be that wicket-taking option we want in the power play, if Bhuvneshwar Kumar can come back to swinging the ball. Likewise, for England, you want to see if Morgan can actually get going on these pitches and if he can become a good option for England. Because as things stand, even though it might sound a little crude, I think Morgan is the weakest link in that English batting lineup at present. Uh, so, it is but really on the flip, On the flip side, Prasan, if Jahal takes RCB to victory, if Shekhar hits back-to-back centuries in the elimination rounds, there's going to be a few questions or pressures? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I I think that's exactly what what it's gonna be because uh, Shikhar Dhawan, unfortunately, uh, you know, has been dropped in some sense, um, and the same case with Chahal as well. So they both want to prove a point. Um, you know, given that they have been consistent performers, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, I I knew that Shikhar Dhawan didn't stand a chance to uh, sort of make the squad because of what Kail Rahul and Rohit have been doing and Ishan Kishan did um, against England. But that said, Shikhar Dhawan is still with the Orange cap in this season. He's played really, really well, and the conditions are going to be similar in uh, the T20 World Cup as well. So, I think both him and Chahal will want to make a point. and uh, more importantly for shikhar dhawan as well because of you know the other things that have happened to him over the past month month and a half so um it's going to be a very very important ipl uh, season for, or phase 2 for both these players and hopefully they do well um but shikhar obviously one level lesser than chahal because uh, because of certain other uh, selfish <laughs> desires that i have <laughs> And I'm just going to end, but, uh, but, but always, always remember that Dhawan scores runs when he is out of the team, or if he wants to make a comeback. So well, exactly. That might well for the Delhi Capitals. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to that, and also looking forward to seeing uh, who the number one Indian uh, all-rounder is, whether it's the one that was picked for the T20 World Cup or the one that's going to lead uh, a certain team in yellow to victory. So all to look forward to, and uh, hopefully with you guys as well for the next four weeks. But for today. Absolutely brilliant conversation as always. Thank you, Sashwat, uh, for taking time out and thank joining us. Uh, Prasant, thank you again for allowing me to join you. So you both uh, take uh, care of yourself, stay safe, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks a lot, Bharat. Cheers. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.